Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Veronica Mars, directed by Rob Thomas, and released in 2014. The plot goes somewhat like this. Former teen sleuth Veronica Mars is drawn back to her hometown, Neptune, California, from a promising life in New York when her ex-boyfriend asks for her help in proving he didn't murder his girlfriend. That's my thing, isn't it? Mostly, yes. <laughs> you added the Neptune bit. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, okay, so I have a lot of feelings about this movie. Um, I am a huge Veronica Mars fan. Um, I used to watch it, not when it was on, a little bit. Oh, no, it was when it was on, but I caught up with it later in season two, I think, is when I started watching. So when they announced that there was going to be a Kickstarter for the for um, Veronica Mars to return as a movie, I backed it very quickly. <laughs> Uh, when they let people from outside the US back it, they, they were aiming for $2 million with the Kickstarter and they made 5.7 million from 91 something thousand backers, making it the biggest Kickstarter, um, movie campaign of all time. Uh, and now a year later we have a movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't have quite this level of feels of, um, I watched it. I watched it both when it was on and when, it, uh, and I watched it again a couple of years ago, like caught up on the whole lot of it because, you know, how TV is sometimes you see it, sometimes you don't. I got into it because you told me to get into it, <laughs> but also because people like Kevin Smith and Joss Whedon, who I admire a lot, were both really into the show and were both on the show. Mm -hmm. So it was a good little show. It was uh, very well written, quite sparky dialogue. Um, obviously, it was awesome because we have a teenage female lead and she's totally awesome and you want to be following her. Yeah, but this... This movie is – um, I, I had some feels about the Kickstarter and I'm always really, really sceptical when a long-running TV show that's ended comes back to make a movie or another season because I feel like that never goes very well and it's never as good as you think it's going to be. Now, so what I have to say about this is it's definitely one for the fans. It kind of rounds out canon. I mm. saw it as like a – it feels a lot to me like a long – big budget episode mm. of Veronica Mars um, in a lot of ways. I mean, the, the story is long enough to fill out a movie, but it's very much fan directed. And it, it sort of, I read, I, I've only read one review. I didn't read yours because I wanted a, a surprise before I, for the podcast, but I read another review with, from a, a reviewer who's not a Veronica Mars fan. And what they said was, look, whatever I have to say about this, this movie is not for me. This is about the fandom. It's for the fandom and it's about a fandom uh, working together to make a project. Mm. So it's more, yeah. So re reviewing it as a movie, it's more than that, especially for the people who love the show. Yeah. I mean, I, I tried really, really hard to be fair in my review. Um, when I, when I wrote my review because, uh, I wanted to sort of, um, I wanted to try and be fair and I wanted it to be as professional as I could. But the problem is it's, it's very much impossible for me to be unbiased on this movie. Mm. I can't, go into it as somebody who hasn't seen the show because I haven't only seen the show I knew every single reference that they made in this movie I knew exactly who Carrie Bishop and Susan Knight were yeah, whereas um, we had to ask <laughs> yeah uh, I knew all of the references they made I knew all of the characters they referred to uh, I, I just I mean I know the show backwards um, and I love it so much I think it's a really great show really really clever and well written it can it, it has this brilliant ability to be really funny and also really dark. It's very sort of clever. And I think Rob Thomas is a really clever writer. Yes, and, I agree. Uh, 
I thought the movie was really well written. It has a lot of really great quotable lines. Um, I thought the plots were really good. Uh, but I agree that it felt like an episode of the TV show. It felt like they were making a pilot to bring back the show. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think it was, I think the dialogue was excellent. Although I found the, um, there was no real mystery to the whodunit. It wasn't, there was no real twist in that. And so there kind like, of was. I mean, we didn't know who it was. And like, I think the, the brilliance of that was actually not in who did it, but the surprise of it being people that we knew. Uh, which doesn't really work if that was not a surprise. I knew it was going to be someone we knew. Of course, it was going to be someone we knew, but I that was not a surprise, and it was a bit. Well, it was the people that they brought back and stuff. I think was more interesting. uh, Again, it's for the fans. Like it's interesting to see what Gia Goodman is like now, um, and what she's getting up to, and to see Luke again, and and so and what happened to Susan Susan Knight and Carrie Bishop were only in one episode, but it was a fairly memorable episode, and to see that friendship. And what happened with that. And like, because a lot of Veronica Mars is about this destructive sort of world that they live in. Yep. And so that was kind of being echoed in that storyline. Well, that was kind of the theme of the whole movie because it seemed like everyone, or not everyone, but a lot of people had kind of moved on in life and done interesting things, but they get sucked back into this world of Neptune and these people. And that was, that was Veronica's story for sure through the whole movie. It was kind of, a, it was as the, it was a bit depressing. Like she gets sucked back into it. She goes backwards from where she was in her life. And Weevil too, his story, he goes backwards and gets sucked back into it. It's interesting that you say that because, and, and there is a whole addict storyline in the movie, yeah. which I think plays out really well. It's a really clever little metaphor because it makes sense. And her mother's an addict. And mm. so you can see that kind of play out. But I also think that Veronica everybody sort of saw Veronica getting out as being a success and a Veronica didn't see that as being successful. Mm. And I think that's really important to note Yep, is that Veronica didn't see herself getting out of Neptune as being successful Mm -hmm. because she hadn't won. She hadn't found the truth and put away the bad guys and, and done the things that she wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also think that the way that that was sort of to, I mean, Remember, this is a show that we were introduced to in the very in the very first episode. We find out that Veronica's best friend was murdered and she was raped at a party. Mm-hmm. So it's never been a clean, happy, positive kind of world. No, um, no. And so, and it's like it's a noir sort of storyline, yeah. like theme to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think for Veronica, and there's a lot of that stuff about how she's drawn to drama and that sort of thing. Yeah, it was. It's actually interesting. Her storyline is very similar to the way they're writing. John Watson in the BBC Sherlock in that he can't he's an addict and he can't stop dealing with it he's drawn to the seedy and the crime and all that I I would say yeah. that Veronica is really more like Sherlock but <laughs> well in that sense but in the sense of addicted to the like she could she could get out if she wanted to see her I actually think of it as her as being more like Buffy mm. in that both of them are, are attracted to guys that are bad for them yep um, they're oh both my attracted God. to <laughs> The biggest problem with this movie is is Logan. He's he's just like not a good person. I I want to like I've I've written I wrote some notes and and they're entitled Veronica Mars and the Bad Ideas Bears. Like that guy, like you just if you're watching as an adult, like if you if she was a teenager, you could understand being attracted to the bad guy, the bad boy. But as an adult, watching somebody deliberately be attracted to the bad boy, it just drives you nuts. See, I don't see that as a fault in the movie. 
I don't know. He's an awful character. Well, I mean, so and no. he's beloved, like deeply, Ugh. dearly Ugh. beloved character. I know, but the thing um, is, well, the thing is, okay. So I liked him at some points in the show, season two. I liked Logan, and I feel for him. Like he's his life has been harder than Veronica's because he doesn't have. He had terrible parents, and then they both died. Like he didn't have. The life, like Veronica is really lucky in that she's got this wonderful Keith Mars who, mm. who's always there. He's always a voice of wisdom. So in that sense, I feel for Logan and I don't think he's an awful person. He's just, it's just a bad idea. He's kind of one of these people who's like a, a sucks you into trouble. Mm. Like he, he doesn't, the man has like two dead girlfriends and he's just kind of, he seems to attract the darkness and the trouble and the violence. And then, like, he deliberately starts a heap of violence. And he's just, and, and you know, he know, you know, he knows better and he doesn't do better. And well, it, 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 I it mean, drives me nuts. The, the violence thing is a cycle of violence issue because his father <sighs> abused him. And so he, he yeah. internalized all that violence and stuff. And he knows um, better, though. He, I know he knows oh. better, but I don't see that as a flaw, flaw in the movie because. Um, for one thing, it makes sense with Veronica and who Veronica is. Mm. Because Logan represents all of the things that she's interested in. She is Ugh. interested in the drama Stupid and the violence shit. and the seediness and yeah. all of that sort of stuff. And she wants to kind of, like, she wants to get in there and, and solve all the problems and solve all the mm. mysteries. And she yeah. she's attracted to it. And I totally get that. And I get that Piz represents, like, happiness and normality and like happy family like he's and the only one who's like two he's parents boring. And, and i get that that's boring it just like it, it's sometimes i'm just like mac Oof. has two parents she yeah. was switched at birth but she has two parents that's true she does but like <laughs> yeah again she's dysfunctional like piz is like the opposite of that he's really clean cut middle class and he doesn't really belong in that world. And there's no point in the movie at which you think that she's in love with Piz. No. At all. There wasn't in the show either. And I think, you know, I have feelings about how people react to him. Uh-huh. Clearly, I'm I've team always Piz. liked. Well, I'm not because I love Piz. I love Piz. I think he's a wonderful, wonderful character and I adore him and I think mm. he's sweet and I don't think people should hate him for being nice. That really annoys me. Mm. Right. But I don't think he's good for Veronica. Because he's not going to solve, like, he's not going to offer her what she is interested Neither in. Neither of the two men in her uh, life are good for her. No, I don't think so no. either. Like, I, I'm, I'm team Piers only in the sense that I like Piers and he's really nice and I feel sorry for him. I, neither he nor Logan is right for her. Okay, see, this is my thing about the movie. Everybody is so in character. Every single piece of writing that they've done for this movie yeah. is a perfectly logical progression from what happened nine years ago when we left the show. Every character is so lovingly brought to the screen that, like, I mean, Mac has, like, moral issues with working for Kane Software, but she does it anyway. This is the mm. girl that we were introduced to who was selling the results of a purity test. Yeah. And she didn't you know, set up the purity test but she, and or, you know, leak the results of people, but she sold it. Yeah. So she's got that moral kind of implication thing going on. Um, Wallace is a high school football coach, so he's kind of... Wallace is my fave. I, I love Wallace. <laughs> um, but, like, he... Wallace uh, and Keith. Sort of... He had prospects, like he was doing engineering and it kind of yeah, seems like... smart. He really is smart, smart, but like he ended up, you know, in the same hometown and all that sort of thing, yeah. which is valid and fine. And if that's what he wanted to do, it's fine, but it makes sense. Yeah. You, you see Dick, who's exactly the same because he's Dick. There's no changing Dick. <laughs> nope. 
<laughs> like and, him too. You know, and- I like spending time around these people. And you know what? I like spending time around Logan, even around Logan. I think it would be fun to know Logan. I wouldn't want to be like emotionally involved with Logan, but to be dick, to like sit there and have a front row seat to all the drama would be kind of fun. But that's the thing is that, that yeah. like, I think the reason, and then that, that's why I didn't get upset with what happened with Logan and Veronica in the movie, because it's kind of the only thing that can happen. As soon as Logan calls Veronica, hmm. that's it. Right? That's like the first hit. That's the first, hmm. like, yeah, you, you know, know, there's a drink, spiral. That's the first. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. that, once that happens, there's no turning back from that. There was nothing else that could have happened. She was going to end up back with Logan. And so to me, the reason why I say that's not a flaw in the movie is because it's perfectly, like, in character. Everything works in this world and in these characters, and that's why having the movie is so great is because we get to be with them again. Yeah. And that's why it's really hard to say, uh, for me to say what other people, yeah, you know, what it would be like from and- an outsider's point of view because everything that I loved about the movie is – like these wonderful characters that I already have this connection to and being back in this world right. that I already have this connection to. Yeah. So in in that sense, you that's what I was saying at the start, that it is very much a part of the TV world, Yeah, the TV universe. And it's, I think it's probably an important one for if you've watched the whole thing or if you're a fan, you need to watch it just for the completeness aspect of it or just to come Not even that, it's good. It's like, I thought this, I mean, it would have been a good episode of the show, you know? This would have been one of the really good episodes of the show. Mm. Uh, The way that it brings back the old characters and implicates some of them, you know, people that we know die. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I mean, obviously there's spoilers here. But, no, but Sax and Gia. Oh, right, yeah. Sax was in every season. He was in lots of episodes. He was a. I've only watched it. I, oh, gee, I've only power watched it once and like watched it once when it was on TV. I'm sorry. I don't remember all the minor characters. I remember definitely no, Leo, I understand of course. That. Like, it's not, I didn't mean it like that, but like, this is, I mean, that's going to be the difference, but they, they, they made really big, these were really big things that happened. Yeah. Two of our main characters get injured, right? Mm. Two characters who were from the show. Gia was all the way through season two. Yeah, I remember her. And two of them die. It's really, you know, it, a lot happens here, yeah. Um, and like the the increase in the in in um, police corruption was really interesting. Mm, that that was, was a great storyline, and it seems like that you know if they if they come back with another movie, that's going to continue to be an issue. Yeah, I think that that was actually really good. I like um, that. So, I think this would have been a really good episode of the show. Mm. And it's uh, interesting to see how that has worn down Keith as well over the time. Like Keith is much beloved at this show. Like he's about everyone's favorite character. Everybody loves Keith Miles. He's wonderful. But you can see how like ten years ha- and dealing with an increasingly corrupt and difficult police force and the and and I love that Sheriff Lamb's brother. Like really. Anyway. Um, well, it, yeah, because it's so corrupt, yeah. it would make sense. All yeah. he would have to do was go, "I'm Lamb's brother," because Lamb yeah. when Lamb died. People liked him. Yeah, yeah. In in the town, right? Not, in the you know, well, in, not in the people law enforcement. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I just it was just um, and the, it's kind of interesting to see that Don Lamb was the lesser of two evils. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, Jerry O'Connell is great. Yeah, he's he was really great. good. You could so believe them as brothers too. Uh huh. It was really really clever. Uh, yeah, casting. he was so delightfully skeezy. It was great. Yeah. And it was good to see how it had worn down Keith. How it just like it was all about how life had worn all of them down since they you you kind of graduate high school on this like oh we're out of here and then you you come back ten years later and you sort of see these people who've been worn away by life a bit 
I don't think that's true. Keith was. Well, Logan he definitely gra- he wasn't graduating. Logan, I think. I'm not trying to inspire the ire of Jason Doring fans or Logan fans in saying this, but I think he was actually possibly one of the weakest points of the movie. He didn't yes. seem to have the energy he- that young Logan had. He because he was worn down and he was tired and mm. he had hated what had happened, and it made kind of made sense with this character in this movie. But mm. at the same time, he was like, it was such a weak point of the movie that he didn't. You only sort of see, saw that life in him once, and that was at the fight in the yeah. And that was, it's bad that he's violent, but at the same time, that's the only t- sort of time you saw the old Logan. No, yeah, because he's, th- he's lacking that charm. Cause that was, that's the thing about Logan. That's why you, in the series, they take you on this journey where you really hate him at the start. And then they take you on this journey and you end up really feeling for him and really liking him because he's got, and you, you almost never really hate him. Because he's always got charm but and he he's also, always got appeal. He genuinely adores Veronica. He really loves Veronica. Mm. Um, he does some things that are questionable in terms of his relationship with Veronica, but he never does anything like he, he tries really hard to protect her. Yeah, I don't know. And I actually, just, the things that, I mean, it, if it you- put me offside because we introduced, first time we ever, they ever have a conversation when they're, uh, I think she's, when they first meet up back in Neptune, I, I, when I wrote here the phrase, a phrase that contains the F word twice. But basically, he's, he, the first long sentence other than like, hello, why are you in uniform? Is, um, he's trying to emotionally manipulate her. Like the first time we see him, he's talking about, oh, he's, it's in the car. I can't actually remember what he said. I've just written emotional footage, but which, by which I mean emotional manipulation and like that sort of, oh, but I really need you or he, and I'm just, it put me offside right from the start. And I, ne- they never won me back with him. Okay. I didn't, yeah. I mean, I don't know. The, where you get, like, the, the from the show, uh, the reason that people liked him was because he loved Veronica so much, mm. partly. And because, you know, he's so damaged, nobody wants to fix him and all that sort of thing. But, um, Ugh. as for the emotional manipulation, uh, yeah. I think I just, they're just not particularly good together. But that doesn't terrible together. But that's the thing is that it doesn't matter because they're drawn to each other. Ugh, I know. Ugh. It, it is bad for them. Yeah, they're in a bad situation, and it's one that I mean, it it makes it it's so sort of. I think uh, so a lesser writer, or um, if they were doing a lesser story, they would completely redeem Logan. They would make him into a puppy dog who's nice all the time and defang him. Mm-hmm. Like they did with, say, Spike in Buffy, <laughs> which is actually kind of different. But, you know, I think if they, they could easily do that, they could probably do that and still have everybody in love with Logan and that sort of thing. And they've decided not to do that. And they've decided to stick with the idea that this path that Veronica's going down isn't good for her, mm. but she's so drawn to it that she can't say no. But and at the same time, she's currently doing what she's best at. Yeah, I know. I know that. So it's I, this I think weird. It's, but- I think the funny thing is, it's kind of the the sort of those kind of ideas are better explored in in a, over a series of television. Like I can see them going on with these ideas and them taking them somewhere interesting. In in a hundred minute movie, it's kind of difficult to get through, get all that out there on the screen to un- make that understandable. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, this is the, yeah. So my, my biggest flaw, my biggest, um, f- what I think is the biggest flaw in this movie is that it's too much like the show. It's yeah. too much like a show. And that is the biggest problem with the movie is mm. that it's too much like a show. And I don't, 
think it's going to get new viewers in. I'm really hoping that some people might watch the movie and then want to watch the whole show again and, like, really enjoy it. Um, I really hope we get more, but, like, based on this movie, I don't know how well it's going to get new people to come and watch it yeah. and be interested. And that's, I think, its biggest problem. I really, really enjoyed it. Like, I was sitting there grinning from ear to ear through the whole not the whole thing. The first 15 minutes were kind of shaky. Um, the opening sequence is weirdly ugly. The graphics are very dodgy. Um, when they do the flashback bits. Yeah, yeah. With her voiceover of what it was like in high school. And you're like, that doesn't look great, guys. Uh, I was just like, oh, <laughs> get it over with. I know what happened. Move on. Okay. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I knew they were going to have to do something yeah, they like had that. To, but-, but I just didn't understand why they did it that way. I didn't think mm. it looked very good. Uh, it was yeah. kind of slow to get going. It didn't really hit its stride till she got back to Neptune. Yep. And then things started to pick up and started to get really good. Um, the introduction of Dick is like a breath of fresh air. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but then, like, from that moment on, I was grinning. Uh, like, the whole time. I kept I laughing at things. emotionally and- engaged. Uh, but I I, you, I think what you, you said something really important there, which is that I don't think it's going to get new viewers in. Yeah. It's for the fans. And so, in that sense, like... And by the fans. And, made- yeah, made by the fans. So, in I mean, in that sense, it's done right by the fans. It's done, an ep- you know, it's done a long episode of a beloved TV series. It's come back 10 years later. Everyone's come back. Everyone's... The, the writing's on point. The characters are on point. Um, I wasn't grinning from ear to ear, but I definitely got emotionally engaged, mo- mostly in terms of, like, shouting things at Veronica. <laughs> I enjoyed it. The same kind of pantomime reason I enjoyed nonstop, and I wanted to keep, keep shouting at her, stop doing it. That's a bad idea. But, um, yeah, I, I it was it was enjoyable, but I don't think it's going to – I think that's important. It's not going to bring in anyone new. Yeah, and I think – like the, the the fact that they can do that and still keep Veronica really relatable and, in, and engaging and interesting mm. is a credit to Rob Thomas and Kristen Bell, who have this really good connection mm. that comes across on screen. Like you can tell that it's both of them that make mm. Veronica. Well, I think the reason this works a lot better than a lot of other reunions. So compare it to like other reunions of beloved shows like Arrested Development and I can't I can't think of too many others because I don't want to say Serenity because that was actually quite good. Um, but the what I think the reason this works and a lot of those reunion things are doomed to fail is that it, Kristen Bell's the executive producer, so she was actually driving the uh, this, mm. and I think that was important. Well, I think also there's a lot of reasons why I think this worked. Firstly, because the fans paid for it, they didn't have to worry about interference from anybody. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a real issue in season three of Veronica Mars is that they went to the CW and there was a lot of interference from the network. Mm. And so they did weird things like cutting out the season long mysteries and having it all be about Veronica all the time instead of about this interesting supporting characters. Mm. And they sort of had some problems with season three from a network point of view. They don't have anybody here interfering and so, like, they can tell the story that they want to without people going, oh, it's too dark, it's too sad, It's you shouldn't have a sad ending, you should have a happy ending, she should do this, they should do that, you know, there's nothing like that. So they can tell the story that they want to, and the story that they wanted to was really good, I mm-hmm. thought. Um, yeah, yeah. I really just genuinely think this was a good story. The thing is that, like, 
for new people, it's going to be kind of hard to access. And for even for casual viewers, you're going to find it a bit, like me, um, you're going to find it a bit difficult. I think they explained enough, though, about who all the people were, like with the Carrie Bishop I ha- I and vaguely, Susan I Knight mean, thing. I, you, I could, like, if I didn't have you there explaining it, I would not have known whether or not, like, I, could, I would have accepted that they were there at the school, but I wouldn't have known that. I would have had to go back and watch it again to fi- actually yeah, find that. You but, don't, I mean, you don't have to remember the episode no, they were in, do you? Don't. you? Like, they tell you enough no, about No, 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 I didn't. You didn't have to remember that. But I mean, in terms of like, I, I think, I, I don't get, I'm not going to be like all feels, who feels. I'm, I'm more on the, uh, I, I'm more casual viewer. You stuff, and, you and Lauren both squealed when you saw Deputy Leo. Yes. Yes, we did. So clearly there were some feels involved. There were involved. feels, there were feels involved. A lot of, and a lot of our feels had to do with like seeing everyone again. That feeling that you had when you squealed when you saw Deputy Leo was me every five seconds yeah. when they would do something and I would be like, oh, my God, that's a callback you know, to this thing. And, you, and I, I think I like Deputy Leo because the same reason I like Piz. They're kind of, like, happy. They don't live in, like, they don't get dragged into this world quite as badly. I mean, De- Leo does, obviously, in the series, but he's, like, he's, he's I'm like, surprised weevil. he could make Detective he, given what happened. I, yeah, well, he, clearly he's moved on and moved out. Well, or, yeah, but he stole evidence from the... Yeah. Sheriff's office when he was in um, he, Neptune. He, so he it was did, but clearly stealing detective. evidence from the sheriff's office doesn't hurt one's career in Neptune anymore. No, not in Neptune, but you'd think it would being a detective in San Diego. Yeah, yeah. Once I, they found out about it. I, I don't know. It, Within it, Neptune, it... And, you know and what? That's the other thing is that... Deputy Leo is probably another example of the corruption that's gone on. That's how he made detective. Huh? Like, he probably only made detective because he knew someone who knew about the thing, but they were willing to cover it up and make him mm. a detective because he was – like, the, he is probably a beneficiary of corruption too. I I don't know. I didn't want to get too much into that. But, yeah, that was – I was mostly – yeah, it was exciting seeing people again. And also, he was always, and I liked, he was always a lot of fun. I enjoyed the new people they introduced too. Gabby but, Hoffman was really, really funny. Yeah, she was good. Um, she was never in the show, and she was okay. really, really funny. Yeah. As Bonnie DeVille. So, Carrie Bishop's name – changed to Bonnie DeVille and her whole, you know, face and body changed because they recast the actress. Um, Leighton Meester played Carrie Bishop right. when she was on the show. She's too and famous And she was to not get now? available for the movie, so they... <laughs> too expensive. <laughs> well, not, I not mean, available. to be fair, everybody came back to this... Everybody who came back to this movie came back to it for very little money. Yeah. They all took pay cuts to come back and do the movie. I think Tina Majorino, who plays Mac, actually lost her job on... Grey's Anatomy to do the movie. Shit. And they only did shot it for a month. Yeah. But I think a lot of people made sacrifices to get this movie made because they really – and you can feel that from it is that they really genuinely loved being there. Yeah, yeah. And you could have – you felt the connection that already existed between all of these people, which was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially, I mean, the scenes with Mac and Wallace kind of brought this lightness and loyalty and fun back yeah, to and the movie. Which is what they their job um during this season – Um. I think I've probably talked enough about feels and the actual movie itself. I wanted to actually talk about some of the mechanics before I finish because I feel like there were some issues with this film when it was in production where international fans got really screwed. And being international fans, we noticed this. Like we couldn't initially donate to the Kickstarter. And then when there was a um, there was a trailer came out that was only accessible in the US. But I have to commend them for the distribution. They knew they were never going to get a huge cinema release. So what they've done is a simultaneous cinema, download, DVD, Blu-ray all at once. Hmm. And I think that's really great. I really like the way they had that we here where we don't, we don't have a screening near us. Uh, there are only like five screenings around Australia as far as I can tell, but we could all get it 
at the same time, no matter where we lived, mm. we just buy it from iTunes. We could get, you know, if you're a backer, you get it off the website. And there were other plenty of other sources to get from. Your DVD is on its way. I, I, I really liked that. I thought that that was my poster is on its way too. Yeah, signed by I, all I, of the cast. I really admire the new like that they've they've really they've embraced a diff, a different world for movie and television and content distribution and I have to um applaud them for that. Yeah. Um I've found a lot of the process of getting this movie to the screen kind of frustrating, but I also try and keep in mind that this was the first time that somebody's attempted something quite like this. Mm. And um, there was a major studio involved, Warner's. And Warner there Brothers. was a major studio involved yeah. and uh, and they're always trying to screw us, um, us international fans. So there was a lot of things. I think they clearly learned by the end of the process from the mistakes they made at the beginning of the process. Mm. And I think they're to be commended for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm not as angry. I, I mean, I was never as angry, but I'm not as angry anymore about the initial, you know, not having stuff for international backers. I am still kind of upset that they didn't have as many opportunities for international people to be able to do stuff. Mm. I think it would have been nice if they had like a few special screenings in different places yeah. um, that had like somebody from the show there or mm -hmm. a representative or, you know, some kind of special event yeah. would have been nice instead of just some movies, some places are screening it around the world. Well, yeah, um, well, I, a lot of them see – I have a feeling that those screenings are largely fan-organised as well. Like, people have gone, we, the movie's going to be out here, you know, and liaise with their local cinema. Can we get a print on this day and screen it and we'll, we'll sell this many tickets? Well, not the ones that they've announced through the official emails and stuff, I'm yeah. guessing. No, so no, not, um, not all of them, but, uh, yeah, a lot of that is um, Yeah, small. and it's um, – But, yeah, like, you could have done – they could have done some – it, for the for the next time somebody does this, and I know this was a really small one, but some things like, I mean, you, you could get the cast to Skype into a screening in London or mm. or you know Sydney or wherever. It wouldn't be that would be really cool, and people would pay you know a bit extra to go to that go yeah, to that a, screening, a Skype Q and A, something like that. Yeah, that would be, be nice. nice. Yeah, that sort of thing is what I was thinking of. Is like it would have been nice to just have a little bit more of that kind of thing that yeah. that wasn't there. And and as you say, like this is the first time they've tried it, and it was still very much a corporate thing. Like there was clearly a studio involved. There was clearly a lot of product placement going on. So they had corporate sponsors and stuff helping. Mm. They were obviously asking for money from them. And so I think, you know, there was it was a hybrid and there was, you know, and they were learning. Considering the really low budget that they had for the movie, yeah. it's really good. It doesn't look like a really low budget movie. No, because it would be like a $10 million movie, yeah? Yeah. $10, $15 million movie. That's, it, it looks amazing for it. $15 million movie. Shot Especially in a month. Shot in a month and the talent that they've got involved. Mm. Yeah. Because, as you say, a lot of those actors are taking pay cuts. Good job growing up, Percy Daggs third. Holy crap. <laughs> Wallace was so hot in this movie. Like, when I used to watch the show, even though he's around the same age as me, he looked too young for me. And so I was like, mm, it doesn't really work. He's well, not at, attractive. Um, and now I'm like... Wow. Uh, and I, I didn't so much notice that with Wallace, but um, all the people who are attracted to women who are watching this, we watched this with a group of friends, so, side note, all the people who were attracted to women who were watching it with us were like, holy crap, Tina Majorino, what happened to you? Yeah, Woo! Mac's hair is amazing. Um, Yeah, we should probably give marks for this movie. Okay. Uh, I gave Veronica Mars four stars. And I gave it three. 
Thanks very much for listening to Silver Screen Queens. If you want to read the show notes or find old episodes or learn anything more about us, you can do that on our website, which is silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to read Katie's blog, on which you will find her review of Veronica Mars. My and, nearly thousand word review of Veronica Mars. And nonstop and everything else we watch and everything she watches, you can find that at silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. Uh, you can like our page on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at screen underscore queens, or you can come and see us at tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com if you want to hang out with us on Tumblr. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.